Hello and welcome to another episode of Cabaret Darlings. I'm your host, Millie Dollar. This is what I sound like. We are sponsored today by my eco-friendly sideline, milliedollarbeauty.com, a range of vegan biodegradable cosmetic glitters, super light amazing synthetic silk lashes, and you can save using our podcast podcast promo, Cabaret Darlings, all one word, all caps, to save 10% on your next order. Nice little deal there. You can even get some the Kiki glitter, which Ooh. is a smooth, silky chocolate inspired by the soothe soothing silky tones of today's guest <laughs> kiki deville <laughs> hello you like that segue yes yeah that segue was very good <laughs> yeah i was like i'm both you know bigging up my glitter and mm-hmm. you and me at the same time i can yeah. get down with this yeah <laughs> i'm getting into the swing of this podcasting work love it <laughs> so kiki is joining me on a wee break before she heads back to join her traveling show the firebird burlesque show touring Germany this year and geared up for another tour in 2020. How's that been going? Yeah, it's really good. I'm actually, I'm going back to do a dinner show um, yeah. that's that's not with the Firebirds. It's produced by one of the guys that's in the Firebirds. Um, so, and dinner shows are a, a huge thing in uh, East Germany and that's where I'll be in Chemnitz, uh, which is near Dresden. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And then I am back on tour in the Firebirds burlesque show uh, in March. Um, but not before November when we do an arena tour as oh, wow. the Firebirds. <laughs> um, that's me singing with the band, so I sort of guest with them as the band. And yeah. um, then the dinner show and then the burlesque show, which I kind of sing in and kind of host as well, but because I don't speak German, I don't do Have you so much up? of the hosting. Uh, you know, I can swear in German now, yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. it is, Scheiser, that's uh, pretty much it. I, you know, I can kind of, I can sometimes get the gist of a conversation, but um, not really. I mean, German's do, really hard. Do you ever hard. put in and be like, are you talking about, and they're like, no. <laughs> no, there's just, there's no point pretending I can really do that much. <laughs> So I kind of leave it up to them and just nod. And Kalinka Kalashnikov is on the tour with me and her yeah. uh, her English is very good, so she just uh, translates for me as I need. Oh, that's so handy. Yeah, and then a lot of the time people just don't speak to me, which actually is, is fine by me. <laughs> Do you have it written into the contact? Yeah. Do not make conversation first. Sometimes. Mainly because I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, partly that. Sometimes I did actually say on this, there have been a couple of times where I've thought, why do I not have in my contract, please don't speak to me before a show? <laughs> <laughs> and, yet yeah, I'm not that kind of person, but sometimes, you know, you just sort of... I've had situations where stage kittens who are new... Yeah. Um, who, you know, don't sort of, like, I, I always have to take a few minutes before I go on stage just mm-hmm. to kind of centre myself and I'm often going through my script and, and because I write scripts, I, I don't stick to them religiously, but I write an outline for a show yeah. and I, I sort of am going through them and I've had times before where a, a stage kitten is just so excited and it's really oh. sweet, you know, it's really lovely and they just want to ask you loads of questions they're like, and is everything okay? And whatever, and I'm just thinking, oh, my God, please stop talking to me. <laughs> but... It, but you never, you know, I would never want to sound discouraging, but, it, you know, like, I think we forget that performers need a minute, you yeah, know, before you need that we go on stage. Take a few Yeah, breezes. you know, not just me, like every performer before you go on stage. Yeah. You, I, I, I was in Stockholm last weekend and um, hosting the, the festival and uh, I just introduced a wonderful performer from New York called Akinos. Mm-hmm. And as I tried to walk past her on the stairs, I slipped and fell down the stairs. Oh, God, no! <laughs> Which was quite extraordinary, really. Um, 
But all I could think about, because this poor girl was in the zone, ready to go on stage, and all I could think about was the fact that she then turned around and gone, oh, my God, are you okay? And so I'd completely oh, no. distracted her from what she was doing, and I felt so bad. And all she I cared about she, was that I was okay. Yeah, I think she you was know, more concerned but I was like, all right. oh, my God, I'm sorry. And she came, off, she came off stage, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I just, like, what a distraction. She was like, oh, my God, I just wanted to make sure you're okay. But it, it's just everybody needs that time just before they go on stage. Yeah. So, well. Uh, yeah, sometimes I think, you know what, I'm going to write that into my contract. I'm never going to do it because I'm not Mariah Carey. But uh, <laughs> I do think it every now and then. Just don't talk to me. Just giving one of the stage kittens like a bit of chewed gum. Just yeah. like, take this, don't speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the zone right now. I don't think I would Get like that reputation <laughs> at all. You, you, you'd probably try it, but you'd be really sweet about it. You'd like, you oh, take this you, gum? I, I have done, I mean, I do, do, I do definitely do stuff like, look, I'm really sorry but could you please drop my shoe because I've already put my corset on I can't bend over <laughs> so they do always have to do shoes first. <laughs> yeah always shoes first so they, they do have to do mundane things for me yeah. every now and then and I feel really awful when I ask them to do, do you it, love though that one time I was uh, watching a show that you were performing in and one of the stagehands came and uh, came up to me in the audience before the sh- way before the show started and was like Kiki needs you backstage <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then you went back and you're like, can you do my course? <laughs> if you're my friend, don't come to a show because I'll rope you in to do something. <laughs> I'm also very good at tangles. You really are. You're brutal. A little, yeah, a little bit too brutal. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But, but I do understand that because I have, um, I've had times where I've been getting introduced and you get someone who's in the show but maybe has been a bit naughty and had mm. a few drinks mm-hmm. and they're a bit like, oh, I'm going to chat to you. And you're yeah. like, that I'm listening out for my name yeah. right now. Like, and yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm literally at the side of the stage. Yeah. Please let me, let yeah. me go yeah. on. Yeah. And, uh, Any we'll minute speak now. after. We'll yeah. speak after. We, we can do all totally the talking fine. afterwards. That's not right a problem. Now, I'm more worried that I've remembered to attach my pasties yeah. to my tips. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Which is kind of important. <laughs> Fairly fundamental. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you were born and raised in Australia, but I know I'm that awesome. you've done a lot of traveling and living in various locations yeah I I lived in Australia until I was 29 Mm -hmm. and then I moved to America Uh, I went to live in New York and and then uh LA uh which is where I met all the best yeah all the best (laughs) spots um where I met my now husband uh he came on holiday and I was working in a hostel in West Hollywood Mm -hmm. and he and his friends came and I checked them in and out check them in check them out uh, you know uh and we kind of did the long distance thing for a while and and mm-hmm. then eventually I just kind of went you know what well he said why don't you come to Manchester and I thought yeah. oh you know that's a I suburb love, I love these glamorous locations and I go, like well, Australia and LA Manchester well to be fair I thought Manchester was a suburb of London before I moved <laughs> here so um you know it, it kind of I, I didn't, well, I, I didn't really want to live in yeah. London anyway. I, I, I kind of felt all cityed out and I, I mm. figured if I was going to live in England, I wanted to live in a village. Yeah. Um, and we, we didn't. We lived in a little town just uh, outside of Manchester for a little while and then um, we got the opportunity to build a house and we moved to a village in Yorkshire where yeah. my husband's parents are from. So and It is a lovely village. Huh? Yeah, it's have visited it's your house a few times. You have, met yes. a lot of your lovely neighbours <laughs> who have all been very, really sweet. And yeah, really and drunken usually drunk. as well. <laughs> But also just very, you know, like, interested in what we do. And yeah. Like, what we do. I mean, it's a really conservative place, um, but 
it's very caring and, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, I mean, you know, Arlo's 11 now. If he rides his bike on, my little boy, if he rides his bike on um, the wrong side of the road, three seconds later I'll get a message on Facebook. <laughs> I just saw Arlo riding on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> you know, like, so <laughs> I know, you know, he plays out every night. He goes to his friends' houses and mm-hmm. he can walk there and it's small enough that we feel safe but it's, yeah. you know, like, and everyone knows who we are and I know who everyone is and, and you know, it's nice to be the celebrity in the village. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's sweet. Um, but you know like they and and I have a really great group of muggle friends there who are really supportive and are interested and love what we do and um you know I love that but it's also my escape from especially now I travel so much um that when I'm home I I just kind of want to be home and I don't well you know what it's like trying to even get me to do this you know getting me out of the house (laughs) in a way um is almost impossible because I'm so a lot of the time, but I, th- I think the pe- people don't expect that we get so exhausted from traveling. Oh, you really do. You know, like the, it's hard, especially when yeah, you you have friends who are doing the same thing, yeah, traveling all the time, yeah. working all the time, they're constantly stressed about yeah. something, yeah, and it's like even though you know we don't we all live super far from each other, it's just really difficult to kind it's of hard see people because you're just like, oh, do you know, what? I'm exhausted. I'm kind of well, tapped yeah, out from. I mean, I think that's why I kind of tend to gravitate towards my muggle friends when I'm home because mm. it's, you know, like, I mean, today's a three-hour round trip for me. You're yeah. always worth it, but it's still a three-hour <laughs> round trip. And, and I'm that, glad I'm worth it. But you're no, always worth it. But, but on the plus, Now you've I got a license in a car. <laughs> yeah, so now I expect you at mine next. But yeah. but it is like it's not, it, it, I, and I think that the, the thing is that, there's a massive misconception about performers mm-hmm. that we're all extroverts and we all want to be the center of attention and and you know like people absolutely think that about me without yeah. understanding that actually I'm quite introverted yeah, and I find performing exhausting introvert yeah exactly I can be as extroverted as I need to be but yeah. I find um people and being around people all the time absolutely exhausting mm-hmm. so traveling is even more exhausting because you're surrounded by people in airports and yeah. whatever and and it's There's not no that space I, away from the crowd yeah exactly and it's it's not that I don't love it because I absolutely adore it and I, I, I couldn't do anything else mm-hmm. um but but we do kind of we create this idea and you know the public creates this idea in the heads that we're a certain yeah. way that we you know yeah. and behave a certain way and, and it's it's very much like I kind of called it almost the the effect mm. and it's because people expect us to be like 24-7 full glamour full makeup hair oh are you not because right now I mean I'm <laughs> no. sat here in a gown <laughs> I'm <laughs> really is, not I look like a common thing that people come out to the <laughs> podcast and then lie about that yeah no I look like a homeless person right now they'll be like I'm in my gown <laughs> I mean, I ha- I think I you know I have kind you of you always okay look today, yeah but you but I have not put any makeup on yeah but I've I never seen you look like a homeless person which I is a look <laughs> I particularly rock well uh, I think I, I mean I certainly because I'm I'm well, I mean I'm I think I'm ten years older than you now and I you know like and I'm probably about ten years older than most performers that I work with um, I'm one of the older ladies of Burlesque yeah. but um, <laughs> no. so I so my skin I. I'm really conscious of not putting too much makeup, yes. especially because I tour now. Yeah, it's night after night after it. night. So oh. I, I tend not to wear it during the day or when I don't have to unless yeah. I'm 
and you know I've got an appearance or, yeah. or something I feel like before I started burlesque I was always like mm. couldn't be seen without my hair and makeup yeah. done I was constantly stockings dressed up to the nines mm-hmm. circle skirt dresses and petticoats even when it was really mm-hmm. not at all um, practical yeah like here's a nice side story for you just because <laughs> um, so one time I remember walking around Liverpool and this was before I started performing and I'm mm. all done up trying to like live my vintage 50s kind of life mm-hmm. teetering around like it oh, looks so cute. cute it looks so cute <laughs> um, wearing a giant circle skirt with a petticoat and this, just walking the streets of Liverpool a pigeon somehow <laughs> <laughs> ended up flying up my skirt okay and couldn't get back out again because <laughs> <laughs> it was all petticoats. It was just, like, there was too many layers. I mean, I'm impressed I with guess. your choice of petticoat because you have to have Thank a you. thick petticoat for that to be it the case. It was thick enough that a pigeon couldn't <laughs> escape it. So there must have been a, a real sight for all the people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, around to, to see this girl walking down like all totted up like oh it looks so nice and then suddenly like there's a pigeon off her skirt and they couldn't get the thing out it was just flapping its greasy wings against my legs freaking out i'm freaking out because i've got a pigeon up my skirt <laughs> no way. why does somebody not have a video camera why is this not this on was, tape this was before smartphones which i'm kind of Half really happy about, about yeah half kind of <laughs> yeah disappointed yeah that's a 250 pound winner on you've oh, been framed 100 <laughs> percent. sure i mean I, w- I wonder if there's cctv floating <laughs> around somewhere where that's it's like just magical vintage darling gets pigeon stuck, stuck up, up skirt. skirt yeah and eventually the pigeon did leave <laughs> just want to point that out three I, weeks later <laughs> yeah, yeah i called him barry we yeah. had a great time <laughs> Oh my so, goodness! Yeah, so it's it's not practical. No, it's not a practical. It's not. It it's, takes it's too much time and effort. Look. You might get pigeons up there. Like there's yeah. just no. <laughs> no. I always get stopped in airport security because my suspenders. Yeah. Um, stop the <laughs> yeah. uh, stop the. I, I do dress to travel. I always dress to travel. Yeah. Um, because you've much more likelihood of getting upgraded. <laughs> that's the reality. I like so that. I if always you look first class. Yeah. Then you, you might get first class. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need a travel outfit now. Yeah, you do. But now yeah. we know. No Everybody suspenders. needs a travel, yeah. So uh, you were one of the 100 on the UK of all together now. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're on the Norwegian franchise. Are yeah. You still yeah, so the, show got, the show got sold to... Uh, no, they only had one season. Okay. Um, the show got sold to quite a number of different countries. Uh, oh, wow. So I ended up being in talks to do the Australian one and the Russian one. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I couldn't make the dates work, unfortunately. But uh, I did the Norwegian one. I, mm-hmm. I've been working in Norway for a while now. I've kind of been working there since um, the burlesque industries sort of started to really grow there over the past yeah. few years. I have family there, so I've been going there for about fifteen years anyway. Um, so I know the culture really well. So I kind of slotted in as a host quite well so when it came to the fact that I already had a little bit of a following there and then I knew the format of the show they sort of said yeah come and do it you know we'd love you to a friend of mine was asked to do the show and she she messaged a Norwegian friend who was on the voice in Norway and she messaged me and said um should I do the show and I said yeah absolutely but do it as a judge and then see if they'll let me come over and and they emailed me almost immediately and said you want to come and do it (laughs) um so it was really good fun and and I made some really really good friends that 
the hundred in Norway. Norway's a very it's a very democratic very low-key country when it comes to fame. And there were a lot of people in that 100 who were very famous performers, especially from Eurovision, which is huge there. Um, We do love a bit of Eurovision. Yeah, well, I mean, what's not to love? Um, Our um, captain was Didrik Solitangen, who is a a beautiful kind of Josh Groban style Um, singer who was a Eurovision winner uh, and I became really good friends with a guy called Per Sudness who was basically the Graham Norton of Norway. Oh, right. Um, wonderful guy, king of Eurovision there, is the person that was responsible for, like, choosing the songs uh, even and, and um, that kind of thing. So it was really, really great experience doing it there. I loved doing the UK one. Um, of course, my best friend Lily Lascala, who's also a host, was on the mm-hmm. show with me as well. So that was always really good fun. Yeah. Um, and it was it was great, but um, yeah, there was something really nice about the Norwegian one where you know I was looking around at these ninety nine other people without really knowing who anybody was, and then yeah. to discover later on that actually the, <laughs> the majority <laughs> of them were really well known. It's probably nice to, to not know that. Yeah, it was kind of gone in like a lot more. Like, oh, yeah, oh, I made some okay. really good friends to then discover that they were quite famous. And it was yeah. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> No one asked you to hold their girl. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to tell you uh, all about one of our lovely sponsors today. Okay. Okay, I feel like you probably know this sponsor. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is someone you may have used. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't used them out there in the world of burlesque, you definitely should. Add some sparkle to your shimmy with rhinestones online. Established for over 16 years, rhinestones online is a major supplier of the purest, preciosa, Bohemian Crystal Rhinestones. Got to make sure I got that right. Yeah, yeah. Highest grade glass diamantes, nail heads, rhinestones, loomis, pearls and accessories, including specialty glues. With a wealth of experience to call upon, they are happy to advise. From wholesale to factory packs and one growth bags. Now that means 144 stones per bag, not just 100. And they're not gross. It's just the quantity. They <laughs> <laughs> cater for all. Preciosa, uh, oh, that's such a hard it word. It is a hard word. Preciosa, it's preciosa. 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 Authorised partner means authenticity assured. Check out their websites, www.rhinestonesonline.co.uk. Find them on Instagram or Facebook at Rhinestones Online. They truly are the place to get stoned. I use rhinestones online quite a lot. I, I just enjoy you. Know. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, I know. Everyone I've seen your costumes. Um, I actually one of the things I love about rhinestones online is they're a massive supporter of the industry. They really um, are. They, I, the last two competitions, um, Cork Bellas Festival, um, their Rising Rebel. Uh, competition and yeah. Miss Bella Scotland that I just hosted um, up in Glasgow. Uh, Rhinestones Online sponsored prizes in yeah. each of those. Um, they're really, really, really keen to be involved and they make yeah. beautiful, and beautiful they are products. Extremely supportive. Mm. So I know when I was making my um, Blue Martini costume, mm. I used a lot, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of rhinestones on there. And I think that by making that costume and speaking uh, back and forth with mm. Rhinestones Online, that I really got to know them. Yeah. And yeah. they were so supportive. And then they came to watch me perform that mm. show and, you know, see me use that costume. Mm. Um, which was the same with Kiku, who made most yeah. of the costume. Except with them, they were like, 
freaking out because obviously I take the costume off and then throw it on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this beautiful, like, really expensive thing that you Welcome made to for me. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> it's off now. I don't know where it is. Someone else yeah, is going to get it for me. It's fine. It's fine. But, uh, yeah. But rhinestones online, like, I always recommend them to my students yeah. all the time. Anytime anyone asks me where I get stuff from, I always recommend them because yeah. they are just great. And yeah, they're, also they're fantastic. really lovely. Yeah, they're really, really nice. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to okay. hear about today's subject? I am. Go Trap for yourself it. in. Okay. <laughs> Have I got a story for mm-hmm. you? Okay, so today's subject on the podcast is Gilda Gray. Have you ever heard of Gilda Gray? No, I don't no. think I have, no. So Gilda Gray was born in 1901 in Krakow in what was is now Poland. Mm-hmm. Wasn't at the time, but it mm-hmm. is now. She emigrated to America in 1909 to the beautiful Milwaukee. Mm, the planes of Milwaukee. Mm. Are there planes in Milwaukee? I think that's a thing, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's not just thing, something yeah. I've made up. Um, <laughs> age 14 or 15, Gilda entered into an arranged marriage with John Gorecki, who was a concert violinist, the son of a Polish leader and a politician in Milwaukee. Mm. So, which I like the contrast, though, with the next sentence, because... Mm-hmm. Her father-in-law was a politician and a Polish leader. But then, he also owned his own saloon. Of course he did. <laughs> As you do. Seems about like, right. I have the politics mm-hmm. side set. I'm leading these people. Mm-hmm. Better make a bar. Yeah. Cool. Better make a bar mm-hmm. for them to gather in mm. and uh, make some more money off it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds about but, right. <laughs> in the year 1919, Gilda was dancing in her father-in-law's saloon. Living the dream, though, politician turns saloon owner. I love it. Uh, it is said that though her, through her dancing here, she introduced the shimmy to the American audience. Oh, oh. okay. So, Gilda claimed to have accidentally invented the shimmy when she was asked while dancing what she was doing. I like that idea. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> She's like... Just, have Just in the, the middle, bar. in the middle Excuse of what me. you're doing as well. What, what are you this? doing? What's that? Yeah. Um, she replied, I am shaking my chemise, which with her accent pronounced more like chemise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what's chemise though? Chemise, like a, you know, like a, oh, what are they called? Like a sort of one of those like French nightgown. Oh, like a pinoir kind like, of yeah, thing. Okay. Yeah, oh, chemise. Right. Chemise, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Go. go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is that? Okay. Chemise, it's not a word chemise. I've heard for a long time. <laughs> So, yeah, so if you haven't figured it out yet, everyone listening, then today we are talking all about the shimmy. Right, okay. Quintessential part of the mask. And also, quite a strange history of the shimmy, which Mm. we'll we'll go into now. Okay. So when Gilda was interviewed for an issue of Variety magazine, she attributed the origin of the shimmy to the Native Americans, stating that, and this is a direct quote, I studied the dancing characteristics of the Indians for a long time and they are really responsible for the shimmy, which they labelled the Shima Shiwa. There have been continual efforts on the part of this dancer and that one, with each declaring that his or her version is the original. There is no doubt but that the shimmy dance, as it was constructed by the American Indians, would have a greater popularity were it done right. 
Shady. <laughs> right. Also should say that that is a direct quote, so the colloquialism used in yes, there is from the quote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I disclaimed <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, so she's not only attributing it to Native Americans, mm. but then also trying to throw shade on right, everyone okay. else doing it, saying, well, they're not doing it right. Right. Okay. They're not doing it right mm-hmm. anyway. But... Performing the shimmy led to Gilda getting signed onto the Gaieties of 1919. She was then hired by one Florence Stigfeld. Oh, okay. oh we know that. Flo name. comes in, swoops in, gets in. Yeah, the Stigfeld Stigfelds like, come in. Hi, here we're going to come and take you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she joined the Stigfield Follies of 1922. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Dr. Stigfeld. He was. Of yeah, ball. there wasn't much. Yeah, there wasn't much they were going to... Yeah, there's not a lot of people that didn't no. get hired by Zoofield <laughs> no. at that time. If you, if you weren't hired by Zoofield or Minsky, were you even doing burlesque, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by this time, Gilda had moved to Chicago after her marriage started to break down. Aww. That's what you do, apparently. For a lot of these stories that I've read, you get, your marriage starts to go, uh, so you're like... I'm off to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Chicago is the place to go when right. you're a gay divorcee. <laughs> okay. So performing the shimmy at the Follies caused the dance to become a national craze. And it wasn't long before they tried to ban the shimmy in dance halls across America, considering it to be obscene. Okay. So there are... Um, I found a few newspaper articles mm. of various places going, shimmy, banned. This is banned. Shimmy is now... Not banned anymore. So okay, it was. Uh, How do you ban someone basically moving their shoulders from side <laughs> to side? Well, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, how does one ban that? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, no, I don't want to see those shoulders quiver. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Uh, yeah, mine was a very simplistic version of how yeah. the shimmy is done. By the way, they're just like <laughs> strapping a ruler across their backs. Like, no you more cannot, shimmy for you. <laughs> you. Cannot move those shoulders. They cannot move. Yeah, yeah you cannot okay. shimmy for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> There are a few videos that I um, found, and it does seem that people tried to do full body shimmies. Oh, okay. But right, while yeah, dancing okay. in pairs, okay, which it didn't work. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work at all. <laughs> just stood next to each other, holding each other's hand, and then just be like, shimmying away. That's the noise I make when I shimmy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't hear me on stage, that's that's the noise. It's because that, of the music. Yeah. But if you listen closely, that's the noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the exact the exact noise. Um, my favorite image that I will post on the Cabaret Darlings Instagram when this episode goes out is a newspaper article labeling the shimmy dance outlawed as a dance but highly valuable as a personal boudoir exercise to beautify shoulders and neck (laughs) okay (laughs) so there are instructions also so you can give it a try at home. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. That's great. I you I can't buy that neck. <laughs> yeah, if if you were if you know me uh, or have seen photographs of me, you'll know that I am ample busted. Um, so for me to shimmy involves <laughs> scaffolding and some kind of health and safety assessment. <laughs> so um, I think I'll leave the instructional uh, kind of stuff to uh, somebody else on that one. <laughs> you need uh, stage hand either side. Yeah, stage well, hand either side. Yeah, down, yeah, just... they, yeah. They just need to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that idea of like, oh, there's this new dance. 
I bet that's good for your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Slimming on the neck. Yeah, somehow. Of course. Like, <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, I just uh, all of those women in the twenties <laughs> sat in their bedrooms, shimmying in their away, in their just being like, yeah, shimmying I'm away. doing my exercise. <laughs> That was me shimmying. Yeah, that's yeah. While I did that. <laughs> In case you were wondering what that strange noise was. <laughs> but the shimmy had many claimants, such as Mae West, who stated that she saw the dance in the African American clubs in Chicago which she claims to have found terribly amusing, according to her autobiography. Okay. So she was like, ha, 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 yeah. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, well, sounds about right for Mae West, unfortunately. Yes. I, 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 really I, I, really I am a, a really massive fan for, for many, many years and mm-hmm. then uh, read a whole lot about her and went, oh, man, yeah. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's more disappointing than reading the history and personal values mm. of the Hollywood stars of yesterday. Yes, yeah, this yeah. is true. I felt this when I um, was researching a little bit of Betty Grable. Yeah. I found out she was a Republican. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't know what their values were in the 40s and 50s. I don't know if it it had switched over. Probably quite similar to now. (laughs) Well, Republican and Democrat meant the opposite of each other for a very long time. So Abraham Lincoln... Uh, was a Republican, but oh. that was when they had Democratic values. Right. Um, so, uh, but I don't know when it changed. Yeah. I don't um, know if it was as recent as the 40s. No, I, I think it might have been like sort of more the kind of late 1800s that it changed um, to to meaning kind of different mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, because I, I was like, what? <gasps> Abraham Lincoln was a Republican? How yeah. can that possibly be? <laughs> uh, but actually he ha- was a Republican and they had Democratic values. So, ah, yeah. So you Mm-hmm. You do, now. yeah. I'm a huge fan of uh, American politics, so yeah. uh, and their political system. So not how it works. I just find the the whole structure very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> the structural. The structure, not how it works. I hate not the, way the it integrity. Works. <laughs> yeah, the, the integrity of the way it works is crap. <laughs> but uh, but I like the uh, I like the the nuance of it. Oh. So there you go. West oh, Wing is my nice. favorite show of all time. And what is the West, West Wing? Wing? Yeah, I thought you just said suddenly said wrestling is my favorite what uh, sorry i don't <laughs> like, like wrestling i like the West not wrestling <laughs> um but right well we're gonna delve even further back mm-hmm. now okay because before either of these ladies performed the shimmy and launched a dance craze there were mention and alludes towards a dance called the shimmy written in songs of the day such as the bullfrog hop released in 1908 mm-hmm. so i don't know what the bullfrog hop was doesn't sound like it probably teamed very well with the shimmy. But... It doesn't sound like it was an attractive dance. <laughs> no, all I can imagine is these women in like 19, oh, 19, early 1900s, full gowns. <laughs> bustle. Just on their floor, Corset and bustle. Just hopping along, <laughs> yeah. like, doing a bullfrog. Yeah, what is, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the most popular song regarding the shimmy was released, however, in the same year that Gilded Grey joined the gaieties of 99. 1919, even. 99? That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Shit, no, it was. We're about to go back to the 20s, so... <gasps> I know, but I just realised that 1999 was 20 years ago. Uh, listen, to me, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, 1970 is 30 years ago. Yeah. As same. far as I'm concerned, even that's though, all. Yeah. Even though I was born in the 80s, I'm like... Yeah, no, yeah, that's just the way it is. That's what I'm saying, and that's what we're sticking to. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, however, much like the shimmy dance itself, there are various persons to have 
claimed to have written the song. So this song is, of course, you, you might know it, I Wish That I Could Shimmy Like My Sister Kate. No, I don't know that Do song. Know no, that song? I don't know that song. Oh, it's one of my favourites. I've always, like, if I was to ever, mm. you know, sing on stage, mm-hmm. you know, somehow get over that fear. <laughs> <laughs> figure out how to do that (laughs) and probably pop over and get a couple of lessons from you (laughs) quickly because I'll be like I'm doing a stupid thing (laughs) I'm gonna sing that's the song I'd probably do okay yeah I'll have to listen to that yeah Uh, it was officially published by Clarence Williams and Armand Curran but it's actually a Louis Armstrong number he wrote the song originally and he wrote the song after being hired by Kid Ori uh, creating a number that would help him to become featured and even made a little dance to go with it. Mm. Yeah. So I like Louis that Armstrong idea. doing a little shimmy. This shimmy. was written so early for Louis Armstrong. It was written when it was like, if you make a number mm. that is popular and people like, we'll feature you. Mm. So this was at the very beginning of Louis Armstrong's mm. career. Wow. So even more interestingly than the origin of the song and the dance is the original subject matter of the song and it's even filthier lyrics. Oh, yeah, they usually oh, yeah. <laughs> Now we get to the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it was originally titled as Keep Off Katie's Head or occasionally Take Your Finger Out of Katie's Ass. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, you know, but what do you really think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really wish I could hear that original yeah, that was, yeah, version of that yeah. song because how? How? How would that go? Yeah. Um, So the song was written about a high-class brothel madame known as Kate Townsend, who was murdered in New Orleans in 1883. So this story has everything. Yeah, it really does. There's dancing, there's boudoir exercises, Mm -hmm. Louis Armstrong now. Right, yeah. Bit of murder. Bit of murder. Bit of murder. But even interestingly is the subject of Kate Townsend. Mm. She was born Catherine Cunningham in Liverpool. Ah, okay. Ah, so right. we track the shimmy back all the way. Wow. To, my, to where we're currently sitting. To where we are right Liverpool, now. England. Um, at the age of 15, she began working as a barmaid in a dance house on Paradise Street. At this time, a particularly rowdy area, but nowadays it's a very handy bus depot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange that it's like, wow, it had all this history yeah. of this, that, and wow, Kate has it. Oh, there's the number 10 bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, uh, she became pregnant to a sailor who left. That happens. You mm-hmm. know, it mm-hmm. seems to be a, a frequent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave birth to twins, but put them up for adoption and sailed to America changing her name to Kate Townsend. Mm. Those poor twins. She was just like, bye. <laughs> yeah, but she, I mean, oh. she probably, to be fair, I mean, a single mum, she probably, they were probably yeah. adopted by a family. And I think from the looks of it, this would have been when she was about 16. Yeah, so, so it was probably much better for them. Yeah, to be fair. very true, very true. Uh, she began to work in brothels in uh, America, but by the age of 24, she had made some influential friends. Wonder mm. how she did that. Yeah. <laughs> and was able to set up her own premises in 40 Basin Street, New Orleans. Mm. Basin Street's still the place oh, to Oh, yeah, Basin Street's like that, yeah. You know? So, good on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, her premises were known to be extremely luxurious, with white marble fireplaces, velvet carpets, 
Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and yeah, not to be graphic. But in a brothel? In a brothel. <laughs> yeah, no, I, t- I mean, it was the first place my mind went yeah. to. <laughs> like, really? Is um, that what we're doing now? No, that's not a good idea. It's really not a good idea. Well, she had solid black walnut furniture, which I assume would yeah. wipe down. Yeah. But just the idea of velvet oh, carpets in general, yeah. like, I don't think I have ever come across a velvet carpet, but plenty of people did that. <laughs> ah, like when you do that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, please put a sound effect there, um, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so, Travel Sykes, Travel Skies even. It was Travel Skies. <laughs> Got there in the end. Um, who became her fancy man. But when she later became attracted to a man named McClern, causing trouble with Travel and McClern's partner, Molly. So there's a bit of a, okay, a, bit of a, a square, mm-hmm. a love square mm-hmm. going on there. One morning, there was a commotion within her room, where it is alleged that Trevor stabbed her multiple times, but he was found innocent at his jury trial. Mm. He's got away with it. Hashtag OJ Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, common occurrence, unfortunately, for yeah. sex workers mm-hmm. to, you know, not yeah. have their cases prosecuted. Nope. So... Here we are, hundreds of years later. And nothing and has changed. Nothing has changed. <laughs> except for whether Democrats are Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Gail de Grey, who quickly bored of becoming only a dancer, so decided to go into the world of motion pictures, as mm-hmm. you do. Of course. In that time era, you're like, do you know what? Yeah, yeah, what I'm dancing. Do. yeah well, that's true. I'm, the, I'm, sh- I'm all shimmied out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Gilda performed her famous shimmy in all of the ten movies she appeared in. So she wasn't quite wrapped up with the show. She's like, this is my thing. Yeah, so I'm going to do it in every movie I'm in. Yeah, Yeah. all of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, She performed it in one of her last films, Poor Prosperity, she Mm -hmm. says, uh, The Great Ziegfeld. Oh, okay. Wow. Here we have little Jake. Hi, Jake. (laughs) Jake is my dog. In 1929, Gilda lost most of her financial assets after the stock market crash. Mm. No, not again. Yeah. Uh, Which led to her taking to the stage at the Palace Theatre in New York. During the same time, Gilda was immortalised in two ceramic sculptures by one of the most prolific Art Deco sculptors of the time. Wayland Gregory. Mm-hmm. Never heard of him, <laughs> to no. be honest. But great name. Yeah. Wayland. Wayland. The That's way of the name. land. Yeah. <laughs> One of these sculptures recently sold for four thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, again, there will be a photo on the Instagram account. Jake's just totally trying to get in on this <laughs> podcast. Jake, you don't make any uh, discernible noises enough for it to really work. While being busy shimmying, acting, and getting married and divorced twice more, mm-hmm. Gilda worked for Poland to raise money during the Second World War. She also brought six Polish citizens to America during the Cold War era and subsidised their education. Aww. She was decorated by Poland for her interest and help to her countrymen and her country. Yeah. That's quite nice. That She's like, nice, I've got... I've made all this money yeah, shimmy about. something nice with it now. And That's really good. Now I'm going to do this and mm. help people create a life in America, mm. which was something that people could do. <laughs> yeah, back, back then, then that was fine, yeah. <laughs> back then it was like, yeah, yeah come on in, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Mm. Don't forget, in 100 years' time, stop being racist yeah. about other people trying yeah. to do the same. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Do they not get it? <laughs> I, I, do you know, I was on the way here, I was listening to a podcast called yeah. The Origin of the American Dream. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was talking exactly about that and the, the uh, how it was the opposite of the American Dream is the American America first mentality. Yeah. And even back in the 1920s, that was, it was exactly the same. It, it's just come full circle. It's doing it's exactly crazy. the same thing again. And yeah. it is a land of immigrants who suddenly hate immigrants and yeah. uh, massive generalisation there. Obviously, everybody doesn't, but um, resoundingly, that's hashtag kind of not all Americans. Yeah, hashtag not all Americans. Uh, but unfortunately, just all yeah, the ones so. in the MAGA hats. Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, it's the uh, the irony is is not lost. Yeah, on uh, most of us. Because I have seen there was a, a video where there was a bunch of uh, Trump supporters mm. um, and they were protesting. Um, it's like you know, holding up the usual mm-hmm. signs like "This is our land" mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, and a Native American man stood watching them and started mm. shouting, saying, "Yeah, yeah, fine, I'll, go back yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> Off you go. Off you pop. <laughs> yeah, see you later. I'll buy yeah. a ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. So it, it's it's absolutely crazy. When, yeah. And then, but then, if you spoke to any of those particular people that are you know saying build a wall and mm-hmm. let's do this that and the other. Um, they'll probably be extremely proud of their European heritage if you asked. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I'm Irish. Kiss yeah. me, I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's funny. I, I mean, Australia's you know can be a lot can suffer from the same sort of thing. You know, it's, yeah. it can be a bit. It's particularly quite racist, and um, you know, it's not a country that that we belonged in. You know, yeah, it, it's <laughs> no, and, and we came in and took over, and you know, and I say we because you know, no, it wasn't me, but it was you know, I absolutely mm-hmm. benefited from the systemic racism that has continued yeah. on and on that colonialism yeah, from because I when uh, when I was a kid, you know, I lived mm, uh, yeah. in Australia for a few years. Um, but my great aunt and uncle, they moved to Australia mm. and then bought property, which they then rented out to Aborigines. Mm-hmm. And the way that my great uncle would speak about these people, yeah. who he was taking money from, mm. but also just that weird sort of the fact that two English people went to mm. all the way to Australia and were like, we're going to own property yeah. of the indigenous people. Yeah. It's un- it's, it's, it's unreal, and and nobody you know for such a long time. It's, I think there's been a culture of, well, you know, it wasn't me. It wasn't you know I didn't do yeah. it. It was my you know I can't help what my, um, what my great grandparents did. Mm-hmm. No, but you can take some responsibility for the fact yeah. that you've benefited from that. Yeah, that system you still got that, the privilege. Absolutely, you know, and that it's it's funny how you know nobody sort of wants to take any responsibility for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Australia is very much the same. We're absolutely built on on immigration. Without mm-hmm. without it, there would be no white people in Australia yeah it's you like know. you do realize that yeah you it's not yeah true that you're here yeah. you know, you're not supposed <laughs> to live in a country like this you end know. up here yeah so and everybody that was here before you know like yeah. survived for tens of thousands of years before you so yeah. I think we're good you know yeah I don't think you're doing them a thing no. <laughs> sadly yeah yeah Right. We always end up on these like oh, mad, yes, yeah. mad, <laughs> on, it happens again and again on the podcast you're well. always like but there's all these things. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's good though. Yeah, like, of course it is. I think every story kind of comes back to the, you know, every story has those fundamental elements of, you know, um, relationships and politics mm-hmm. and, you know, like 
human treatment and especially yeah. when you're talking about anything that is from the early 1900s there's yeah. there's always an element of how badly people were treated yeah. in the periphery you know mm. like dancers and sex workers were treated a certain way and yeah. uh, you know like that whenever you talk about anybody historically I think you'd be hard-pressed to get away from those kind of conversations yeah. and how they're reflected in today mm-hmm. as well so yeah. scary no, the world has changed so mm-hmm. much in the last hundred years, but mm-hmm. are we really any better? Yeah. We'll go back to Gilda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so suddenly it's not like, and here's some nice stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh, uh, oh and okay. <laughs> by the time of her death, yes, yeah, she has. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, by the time of her death, Gilda was once again in financial trouble, uh, living with her friend Antonio Rayo, a fire warden from Warner Brothers Studios, and his wife. Okay. Yeah, so he was a fire warden. She's mm. like, hey, up. Yeah. Antonio, you got a spare uh, spare room? Yeah, <laughs> Just gosh. crashing. Uh, Gilda suffered a second heart attack. Her first happening at only aged thirty. Oh my god! Yeah, she had a first heart attack at thirty. That's terrifying. And she passed away from a second heart attack at the age of fifty-eight. Oof. Like, Oof. I mean, it's it's you know, yeah. The wow. medical wouldn't have been as good, but yeah, uh, no, like she true. would have been thirty in nineteen thirty. Yeah, like nineteen thirty-one, she would have been thirty. Gosh, but still, Oof. Oof, that's very early Oof. to be having a heart attack. Yeah, like I'm few years past thirty myself yeah. now, and I'm like, mm. oh wow, mm. yikes, goodness. Um, so I will upload some photos of Gilda Gray and more photos of interest relating to this episode on the past podcast Instagram account. I'm really shit at saying words <laughs> for someone who has a podcast, uh, which you can find by typing in at Cabaret Darlings. Give us a follow for future episode updates and a visual history of each amazing person or persons we talk about on this podcast. So stay tuned while we discuss Gilda after this short break. This Halloween comes a show like no other. Prepare to be horrified and overjoyed in equal body parts. The Fru-Fru Club Halloween Spectacular. This event is a one-of-a-kind burlesque show featuring monstrous live band Cabaret Against the Machine. Expect movie monsters, camp creatures, sensual succubi, devilish dancers and more. Featuring a cast of internationally acclaimed, award-winning burlesque and cabaret performers as you've never seen them before. Starring Ruby Jones, Lolo Brow, Harley Queen, Lady Wildflower, Clear Panther, and Rita Rumpunch. Performing one-off, never-before-seen acts, accompanied by a live and loud rock band, Cabaret Against the Machine, with lead singer and host, Cece Sinclair. The show will take place at the haunted Tonbidden Hippodrome on Saturday the 2nd of November. Tickets are available from the thefrufruclub.co.uk. The show will be finished with the last ghost train home to Manchester and Leeds, or you can join us for the after-show party with our devilish DJ. Fancy dress is encouraged with prizes for the best dressed. This is also a special birthday show celebrating eight years of the Frufru Club teas and sleeves. And yes, there will be cake. See you on the 2nd of November at Tottenham Hippodrome. <laughs> and we're back <laughs> all right so that was a hell of a story yeah yeah there's uh, a lot going on mm. in that story mm. so it was it was partly about gilda 
but there's also the subtext of the shimmy yeah the history of the shimmy mm-hmm. but if you still if you search for who invented the shimmy then gilda gray is the name that comes up right okay yeah so she's mainly attributed mm. to the shimmy um but when i've done my re- like doing all the research for this episode i couldn't find anything about a dance called the shima shiwa okay at all so all i have right. no idea mm. is this is based in truth or she fabricated mm-hmm. uh, a dance saying that it was the Native Americans right, okay. who created it mm-hmm. and that she studied it. Right. Which, I, I mean, you'd think at that time, actually, the people were prone to do because they yeah. exoticized, didn't they, the, yeah. um, you know, um, Native American culture. Yeah. And um, the 20s, there was, yeah. there was a lot of cultural appropriation yeah, yeah, basically yeah. going on all over the but they it was all very you know they sort of eroticized it all as well sort of thing so it wouldn't surprise me if she'd kind of gone this will be cooler in yeah. their mind in the 1920s yeah uh, this will be cooler if i tell people it's come from native yeah. americans do you know what i mean like yeah. you wonder makes me wonder whether i mean there's every chance it probably did <laughs> do you know it what i mean like um, but then but it, it's the conflicting <clears throat> things yeah of, like she's saying the shima which sounds like, oh yeah, shimmy, mm. but then then it's also stated that she was said to have been shaking her chemise, which yeah. sounded like shimmy. Shimmy, So yeah. it's a yeah. bit strange that it's... Uh, I think there's always, I think when any when any story is 100 years old, there's always going to be <laughs> a few ways that that story has come about, some, isn't there? And some mad fabrications absolutely. going on over there. Absolutely. But that's why, I guess that's why, I mean, our legends are... Um, our BLS legends are so important yeah. now for those stories and you know kind of even though I you know some of them are prone to the dramatic um, <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> yeah, right? um, you know like to have their stories have people like Neil Kendall record their stories yes. and, and that kind of thing is, is so important because mm-hmm. these things are you know they have come from from somewhere else yes. and some of them were instrumental in things that we absolutely consider to be you know, fundamental parts of burlesque now that didn't yeah. exist before some yeah. of these people invented them yeah, kind of I mean, thing or the brought whole, them from some other yeah. place to put them yeah. in burlesque. The entire reason that, strangely, this podcast even exists is because I was like, people don't know of Carrie Fennell, the mm. woman who invented nipple tassels. So I started that um, mm. Facebook updates of histories yeah. of burlesque and they kind of took off and now it's now it's this. Mm. <laughs> now it's me going, all right, I'm going to tell people the story of some burlesque history because there is such a rich and varied history out there. Yeah. Um, and it isn't super well documented. No. Especially well, like... when you come to um, non, uh, non-headline white yeah. performers. Yeah. Mm. That's mainly what's out there is yeah. those headliners. Yeah. So whenever I try and find any information about like any mix of mix up of culture such mm-hmm. as the Shimashiwa, mm. there's not really anything out yeah. there. It's mm. not as documented. There's yeah. been a lot ignored or left to history. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. But, um, the song I wish I could shimmy like my sister Kate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was covered by Betty Grable. Ooh. In the musical Wabash Avenue, okay, uh, which was released in 1950, mm. uh, it was covered by the Beatles when they played in Hamburg, and it was even covered by David Bowie for a, a TV show where they had a woman who came out to dance with her, like with um, him and two others that are mm. singing, um, 
And she can't shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's because she's got those giant 80s shoulder pads on. Well. But she cannot no. shoot me <laughs> at all. And he's like, oh, wish she's like a shiver <laughs> like my sister Kate. And then she's like, eh, uh. don't know. here's an 80s dance for you. Oh I have gosh. high cheekbones and shoulder pads. And, and that's it, yeah. <laughs> that was it. And a boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a bit... Uh, of a shame because mm. I think even he was like, "Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, why we have a dancer and she can't? <laughs> why can't she shimmy?" <laughs> so yeah, so it's a, it's really widely uh, covered. All oh, right, um, I've never heard. I'm going. Yeah, you can pop it on my uh, pop playlist on when I yeah pop it on my For playlist sure. when I uh, get in the car and, and then have yeah. a listen. Uh, but it's the Wabash Avenue version that I always wanted to mm-hmm. recreate. Mm, okay. It's Betty Grable singing yeah. I Wish I Could Shoot Me Like My Sister mm-hmm. Kate and doing a slight kind of striptease, mm-hmm. um, which is an amazing bit of cinematography. Isn't that, <laughs> that must be the second film she does a kind of striptease. There's another film she does a striptease in as well. Was, oh, is it, stock, it Stockings, stockings? Avenue? Yeah, Black Stockings or stock, like yeah, Stockings yeah. Avenue or something like Maybe it's Silk Stockings. Is Silk, it Silk Stockings or Black Stockings? There's another one that, yeah. But, um, I'm sure that was Betty Grable. strange because it was like very risky for an actress at that time to do a striptease. Mm, yeah. But it was also acceptable yeah yeah um, whereas you had women doing similar kind of things down in minsky's mm. and getting raided and arrested yeah and yeah yeah so because it's even then um, people like the, the story of betty Rowland, the great ball of mm. fire um she was played in a movie like there was a movie mm. about her life called the ball of fire mm. she wouldn't have been able to have done it herself. No. And they're used to costumes and all yeah. this kind of thing, but it's fine for it to be on screen. But not, uh, yeah. But not no, in person. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very odd. Mm, very strange. It is. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. There's Thank a, you, Gilda, for bringing the, uh, the shimmy. <laughs> Thanks, Gilda, for that shimmy, shimmy, shiwa, 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 whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's quite a strange history and mm. I like the fact that it had some links to my hometown as yeah, well absolutely. I, was like, I actually really wasn't expecting that when no. I researched it yeah. to find anything to do with Liverpool in there. No, that's really um, strange. But yeah, it's quite cool. a story. Mm, yeah, it is. But thank you so much for joining me today. No problem, thank and, you for uh, having learning me. learning all about Gilda and her crazy life <laughs> and her wild shoulders. Mm. <laughs> but actually... But toned shoulders. Wild but, but toned. toned yes. neck and shoulders. Yeah, she, she frequently exercised those shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you do happen to look her up on YouTube... Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a... Uh, Yes. Okay. It's a very different type of shimmy. Right. <laughs> to, to what I would expect. Okay. But yeah, oh. I'm sure you can see plenty of shimmies um, at every show you go to. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so enjoy that and think of the lovely Gilda Gray. Mm. Thank you so much for joining me no today. Problem. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everyone for tuning in. We will be back next Thursday. Goodbye.